The fall sports season is underway, and we're going to be talking all about it on this edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum. Back in studio, and Coach is here. I am here. Welcome back, Coach Taylor. Well, thank you. It's been a while, so we've been worried about you, but and everybody's been asking about you, but you're doing fine. I'm doing great. Well, summer's over with as far as the seasons for sports. We're into fall sports right now. And Sam Bruno's with us, but he's on Zoom. Well, football season, uh, among all the sports we'll be talking about today, we've, we've had a successful campaign going on at Exeter High School for 30 seasons now under head coach Bill Ball. What do you think? This is going to be a good year. We've got a new setup in the divisions. We've got three divisions instead of four this year. We've got a couple of new opponents who we'll be facing this year. What's your take on what, you, what you've well, seen so far? Well, let's go to Sam first. If you've had 30 successful seasons, you might as well have 31. You know, that's the way that it's going to be in Exeter. The Blue Hawks will be there. They will be a contender. I think the biggest uh, change for me that I'm scratching my head about is that Division One is now 21 teams. And it's going to be the playoff situation that's going to be the most interesting. There's going to be the East, the uh, Central, and the West. Uh, the three division winners uh, make the playoffs and get a first round bye, but then there'll be seeds four through 13 that will then play off. So 13 teams are going to make the division one football playoffs this year. It'll begin on this November the 5th, and then it will go for four straight Saturdays, concluding on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. That has never happened before. So even before we play the first game, I'm looking forward to what November is going to look like. Well, you know what? I agree with Sam. Uh, I'm going to use a, a quote that I, I've heard mentioned about Bill Belichick, and Belichick we trust. Well, you know what? And Ball we trust. I've worked with Coach Ball Sam and you, Sherm, have both been associated with Coach Ball for many, many years. I go all the way back to the beginning when he first came, and he and I coached together. Uh, I have a lot of faith in him. I have a lot of faith in his assistants. They are going to be just fine. The quarterback got some experience last year, so we do not have an unproven quarterback in place we have a proven quarterback and uh, I'm just looking forward to a great season I, I just I can't wait for it to begin football season is one of my favorite times of the year and uh, you know Sam I don't know will we have a, a white Thanksgiving and be playing the game <laughs> in the snow I can remember a game that we were supposed to play a playoff game in Londonderry, and they had to postpone it a day so that they would have time to remove snow from the field. Exactly what you're talking mm -hmm. about. And uh, we ended up going there instead of a Saturday, I believe we went on a Sunday. That would be fun in a way, you think about it. Well, Thanksgiving football. Uh, synonymous with a lot of areas of the country. Right. We aren't, in this particular Seacoast area, haven't had anything for years. So this is going to be interesting. And I don't know where they're going to be playing. Do, you, do we know if they're going to be playing the games, the, the finals over at UNH yet? Has that been set in stone or anything yet, Sam? No, de no decision yet. So I okay. think everything right now is going to be at the higher seed. 
okay. uh, for those for those teams. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I think it, again, November is just going to be so different, and uh, certainly securing one of those top three seeds, winning the East Division for the Blue Hawks is going to be very important because right. instead of uh, instead of playing. Uh, you know, four games. Four games. You only would have to play three, and at that late season, that's very, very important. I had a question for you, Coach, about coaching. And and as you said, you've been you know part of that program since the beginning of, of the Bill Ball days. Um, you know, he's had so much talent over the years, and and he seems to get so much out of the talent he has. So how is it, the, how, if, and talk from a coach's level, how do you motivate teams to incorporate new talent so that you know, the guys that are coming up, your future, doesn't feel shortchanged? Well, I think if you look at the Exeter program, mm -hmm. they have something that not a lot of other schools have. We have great numbers. We have... Traditionally, we have had over 100 kids in the program for years. We have four teams. Some of those teams were in the pat where a lot of schools, the freshman team, sometimes the freshman team backs up the varsity. In Exeter, the freshman team is their own entity. The sophomore team, unless you're a very talented individual, they have their own team. Mm -hmm. The JVs also at times will practice as JVs and they have their own team and their own. So all of those teams have their own schedules and they are playing games. So consequently, you get better at football by playing. Yes, practicing, but you also get, everybody gets into games. So. I know as a coach, we were instructed, everybody plays. So on the freshman, freshman team, whether you're a two-way starter or someone who is not quite as talented, you are going to play in that game. You might not play an equal amount of minutes, but you are going to get a significant time on the field. I think that helps because you, that keeps everyone's interest up no one wants to just be on the scout team mm -hmm. and never get into the game on Saturday or Friday or whenever the varsity plays. And the other thing is, is that you look at the coaching staff, Coach Ball has people in the right places, so the freshman team have freshman coaches who have coached football for quite a while. It's not just, you know, oh, gee, I need somebody to coach freshmen. Right. I'm going to hire. Right. No. You, you have people that have been doing it for years. Back in the days, actually, when we were, and I've been doing, I coach football starting in 1977. Uh, when Coach Ball arrived, the first year he coached the team by himself. Mm. And say, but that was too much. The kids weren't getting enough work, so they needed a line guy to go with them. So back in those days, we used to do triple sessions. Coach Ball and I would do varsity, varsity, 
and then I would go with him and coach the line in a separate freshman practice. So talk about those were long days. <laughs> and especially back then, we did freshman practice in between the two varsity sessions. So varsity went from 9 to 11. The freshmen started at noon. But 9 to 11, you know, that 11 o'clock time was always kind of, always, it wasn't always exact. And then we did uh, noon to 2, and then we were back at it again at 4 o'clock. In that type of thing, I mean, kids got a lot of instruction. Mm -hmm. And it was serious, too. I mean, it was. It, it wasn't games. It was, it, you can see it. When, I was up there just yesterday taking a look at what was going on in the fields and, uh, you know, Coach Ball, you don't want to be bothering him for interviews or any of that stuff when he's doing his practices. He's focused, laser focused, he's watching the guys, the coaches with the guys, you know, and if something's wrong, he'll let them know. I mean, he's not going to just, you know, let it slough off. Right. The other thing that he does that a lot of schools now do, but back in the day when we first started, I just remember the coach from Summersworth coming over and watching a practice and saying, holy mackerel, we don't do any of this stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, yeah. he trusts his assistants to get done what he wants them to get done. Coach Ball now is free to go from area to area to area and watch the D-backs and say, geez, I need, you know, mm -hmm. and he can focus on them. Mm -hmm. And then he can come down to the linebackers. Then he can come over to the defensive line. Then he can go to the defensive ends, which tend to, at times, be more of a specialized position. The other thing that we've always done is we emphasize special teams. That's very, we start from the first day of practice and the punt snappers are working on snapping, the punters are working on punting, the returners, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really broken down quite a bit for instruction. Sam, we got the schedule. Just give people an idea of what we're, what we're up for this year. Well, I think one of the things that pops up right off the bat when you talk about Division I football is that you've got, again, the three divisions, the East, the Central, and the West. The Blue Hawks play in the East Division, and this year there are some new additions to the East Division. Manchester Memorial is now playing in the East Division, and Timberlane has moved up from Division Two into Division One. So those are two new squads that are going to make up the seven-team East Division. It used to just be Exeter, Dover, Portsmouth, Spalding, and Winnicunnan, and that would be it. So now we've got some additions into that East Division that folks are going to see. Um, you can see that the Manchester Memorial uh, Crusaders are going to be coming to Bill Ball Stadium on the last game of the season on October 28th. The Blue Hawks will go to Timberlane on September 30th. And the Blue Hawks do open up on September 2nd against Portsmouth Oyster River. Uh, Ryan Pafford's squad, uh, uh, a gritty, always a gritty, gritty team. Um, they've got some good numbers that have come out this year. So uh, that will be a good opening night on the uh, September 2nd game at Ball Stadium. And then right the next week is this unique scheduling option where some teams are playing outside of New Hampshire. Um, 
The Blue Hawks are going to play Champlain Valley Union High School at one o'clock on Saturday, September 10th. And uh, that's going to be a unique challenge for the Blue Hawks playing uh, a team from out of state. Some squads are playing some different squads. For example, Dover will be playing uh, at Sanford, Maine. Spalding will be hosting a squad from Maine from Edward Little High School. But again, some teams have chosen to only play eight games, like Manchester Memorial. Uh, Winnicunit has added Bishop Girton into their squad. So uh, again, there's a lot of changes. Uh, you, you need to keep up on the schedule, folks, because this is not going to be your typical uh, typical uh, Division One schedule. The, the ADs were in the past, it was a rotating, you played the conference rotating. Now, I think they tried to match up teams by ability, because I notice Spalding opens with Alvern. Alvern's not on our schedule. Uh, so I think, say, well, I know Salem is a, is a very good team. Bedford, year in, year out, is a very good team. So those are teams that we are playing outside of our conference in New Hampshire. Sam, before we go to uh, another sport, let's uh, just hit on the UNH Wildcats. Uh, their season kicks off uh, on September 1st. Uh, they have a new team in their league at Monmouth. Just give us a little update on anything you know from UNH. It's the beginning of a new era. Uh, Sean McDonald has uh, retired as head coach of the UNH Wildcats after a stellar and a legendary uh, stint as coach of the UNH Wildcat football team. We certainly uh, wish him best of luck in his retirement. And now we're on to the Rick Santos era. Rick, uh, the legendary quarterback of the Wildcats, the All-American quarterback of the Wildcats, is now uh, the head man over in Durham. And uh, he's put together a new staff. Uh, we're excited to see, uh, the, especially on the offense side, where Santos was a great quarterback for the Wildcats, what that offense is going to look like, uh, whether the defense for the Wildcats can improve. Last year, they uh, lost their last, I think, uh, seven games in a row. Uh, so the defense is going to definitely have to step up early on in the season. So uh, while all eyes might be on the offense and what's going to be happening with Max Bros Brosmer, a quarterback, and uh, Dylan Lauby as the key running back and Brian Espinette uh, catching passes, I think the defense is going to be the key. And uh, preseason All-American Josiah Silver will be leading the Wildcats. So those are the things we're going to be looking at early when we have a Thursday night throwdown in Durham against Monmouth, that game kicks off at seven o'clock. So all eyes in the CAA, Colonial Athletic Association, will be on Durham as they kick off the season on Thursday night. And you know, one thing I want to remind our listeners, the sign of a good football team is that they get better as the season goes on. Right. Exeter fulfills that. Mm -hmm. Year in and year out, Exeter plays its best football as the season goes on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and I think you're going to see that with the Wildcats of UNH this yeah. year too. I think, you know, uh, as Sam just said, Rick Santos, it's a new, it's a new era mm -hmm. for the Wildcats. And I think it's going to be exciting for not only the Wildcats, but I'm looking forward to the season with the Blue Hawks. Now, we were talking about winning seasons, winning teams. I wasn't able to go, but actually our producer, Bob Glowacki, went up to Exeter High School uh, during the practices and tryouts for girls soccer and got to interview Megan Young. And we know Megan's had 
some very successful seasons and championships. So probably right up there with Coach Ball. <laughs> so well, let's roll that interview with uh, Meg. This is my 22nd season coaching the varsity team. And I think um, one of the biggest reasons that we've had a lot of success here at Exeter um, is the tradition that we've created among the program. Each year, the senior class takes on that tradition or takes on that leadership to follow that tradition. And we work hard, we um, make sure we're fit, and uh, you know everything else takes care of itself. Are there any like new challenges this year in, in the Division One? I think Division One always has challenges. Um, every team on our schedule will be a challenge. And right now, we're focused on Londonderry, who is our first game of the season, which is next Friday. Um, so we'll have many challenges throughout the way, but that's our main focus right now. Great. And uh, so you, you said you don't know who this year's captains are yet, but are there returning seniors who you kind of have your eye on to maybe uh, help guide the other girls this year? Yeah, so we have 11 seniors returning who all um, got plenty of experience last year. Uh, we'll certainly be looking to Callie Neals, who um, you just spoke with. Uh, she plays center mid for us and has since her sophomore season. We also have Emma Smith, who um, has been on the varsity as well, and she's our leading goal scorer. And then Taylor Seaman also did a great job for us as um, a striker up front last year, along with Anna Lodico in the middle field as well. So, yep, we have a lot of seniors who we're looking to lead, uh, regardless if they're captains or not. Um, they have the leadership and the experience to get us through this year. 22 years Meg has been part of that program, and uh, again, she knows how to motivate. And, and another thing I think we see in common, or we know that's in common between uh, Megan Young and Bill Ball, they just look at the game ahead. It's not, you know, I'm looking at the schedule and we got to pick this one, this one, this one. It's the whole schedule. She's focused on that Londonderry contest and that's what's very important one at a time. And everybody knows that Exeter's got a good program. And it, whatever the sport is, whatever the sport is, it doesn't have to be just girls soccer or football. And then one other sport that we were able to, to interview uh, the coach, Kate Simmons, the head coach of the volleyball team, and a very interesting interview. Let's let's check that out. Volleyball has gotten more exposure as a team sport. Do you, you know, do you see that um, here locally? That you know maybe it's getting more recognition. Yeah, I think the the popularity of the sport has been really big in other parts of the world, um, and we're kind of late catching on. But especially in the Northeast, I find that we're still a little bit behind if you compare the programs here to those in like the Midwest and the West. Um, we're working really hard as coaches. I know there's a lot of us in this state particularly that are working really hard to just put the passion into the players so they want to be playing year-round. But we're actually seeing a lot more clubs pop up, um, which I think is helping the girls get exposure younger. Um, and now we have to work on the boys because I feel like the boys programs around here are so few and far mm -hmm. between. Yeah. Um, Exeter does Exeter have a boys volleyball? We're team? starting a boys volleyball program. We've had a boys program in the past, and then interest kind of dwindled. The last year we had 24, 24 boys come out for the team. So if we keep the interest there, then we'll be able to go varsity hopefully in the next two years. What's your technique for kind of getting most out of your, your players in, you know, training and then, you know, in the games? Yeah, you know, I'm constantly trying new things because I find that as a coach, if you're not also learning, then your kids aren't going to learn as much either. Um, so I'm constantly learning and shifting and changing. But I think the most important part is making sure that they have a culture that they feel comfortable in, um, that they feel like they can be themselves. Um, 
and also making sure that they respect the sport and each other because I feel like I've learned so much from the sport that that's my goal is to pass down all those life lessons because um, I, I always tell people I don't want to raise the best volleyball players I want to try to raise the best humans so I think it's just knowing that they have a place that they can come and be comfortable and you know kind of let go of some of the stressful life stuff um, that's how we that's how we coach here um, but also letting them know like now they need discipline they need rules they need to make sure that you know they're following certain guidelines so it's that fine line of like holding them to a standard but also making sure that they feel loved and welcome an up-and-coming sport. It is. You know, a good interview. Right? Yeah, and I noticed uh, her mentioning boys volleyball. Yeah. And I know boys volleyball takes place in the spring. Sounds like Coach Kate's got everything under control with the uh, team this year. So thanks to the coaches for giving us some time up there this week. And we'll, we will be back. Let's go around the horn here. Let's talk uh, Patriots. Sam? Kick us off on the Patriots season is going to get, be getting underway. What, what's your take? I got good and bad. I'm really happy there's only pre three preseason games because I hate NFL preseason. I, it, just, it just doesn't happen for me. I wish there was only two preseason games. They cut it from four to two, so I was happy about that. I can see what the NFL is doing. The NFL is trying to push their schedule later into February, so they want it to run even longer. As far as the Patriots team is concerned, all I read about and see is that Mac Jones has made a giant leap of improvement. So that's what I'm going to be watching first. The second thing that I'm going to be watching for the Patriots in their season opener against Miami and Hunter Long and the Miami Dolphins is uh, the defense. The defense looked so slow last year, and they were just getting beat to the ball on almost every play. So is the defense going to be faster? Are they going to be able to make some quicker plays? Those are the two things I'm going to be watching on the early games. I do think the defense has gotten faster. They've gotten younger. Uh, plus, some key run stoppers in the middle have got more experience, like Barmore. Godshaw was still in his 20s. Those two guys have got to anchor the run. I think we need to remember the name Devontae Parker because I think he's going to be a key offensive addition in the pass-receiving core for the Pats. It's a shame James White had to retire because of injury. I know. But uh, hopefully those, those young running backs are ready to step up. And I, actually, Ty Montgomery looks like I wondered why they picked him up, but after watching him play, he is a player. Uh, that first game you mentioned, uh, Sam is with Hunter Long coming to town, we hope. Uh, as far as we know, he's still a member of the Dolphins. He's got a lot of log jam there at tight end. But I'd like to see the kid get some playing time. Yeah, we go to uh, Miami to open the season. Yeah, so I'm hoping they've, they've got a lot of backstage drama going on in, in Miami. But I hope that doesn't affect the, you know him getting a chance to really play. I think. Of all the kids that I've seen in the system over the years, he's one of the ones that obviously had the natural talents, and he, and he worked at it, you know, and he's got it honed. He just needs a chance. Do Bill and I have fantasy football teams this year? Uh, you do, and that's, uh, we're still, <laughs> well, I, I was going to wait for a few seconds here, but I'll do it right now. If anybody oh, okay. wants to join the fantasy football league, 
Just go to ccosportsforum at yahoo.com and sign up or, or send me an email and I'll give you the passwords and all that jazz to get you signed up because it was fun. We got some, some people that have been in there for years. Some people have been in there for a cup of coffee and come and go. But, and we can always use new blood. Fantasy baseball, your team's leading the pack. Leading the pack. It, it has to be because of Sam. Well, hey, you just it's because your team is healthy. That's the other thing this year. I don't think there's been a, a no, baseball season. Yeah. I've seen more, more guys go down with, with uh, health issues. Sam, two-minute drill time. What do you got for us, sir? I've been following this situation very closely with uh, the college athletes and their NIL deals. NIL standing for name, image, and likeness, where college players can now uh, settle with outside agencies to promote and endorse products and get paid for that endorsement. But in the Boston Globe this week, there was an article that said that the Massachusetts Interscholastic Athletic Association has now approved that high school athletes in Massachusetts uh, can sign name, image, and likeness deals and it was almost a unanimous passage of this situation. And the next article, uh, next paragraph down says that in New England, Maine and Connecticut allow name, image, and likeness deals, and New Hampshire is considering the move. So next time we talk with Jeff Collins and the folks up in Concord, we need to ask them about NIL deals. Uh, these are situations where uh, high school athletes can now possibly uh, earn some money. And I don't think we're talking about uh, five figures or higher. I think we're talking, you know, small amounts of money. Uh, but as the uh, Massachusetts deal says, athletes must provide schools with the agreements and they can't involve adult entertainment, alcohol, tobacco, cannabis, prescription pharmaceuticals, gambling, lotteries, weapons, weapons, firearms, and ammunition. And again, they can't use the school's name, nickname, or logo, and they can't do any endorsements during team or tournament activities. So again, it's a brave new world out there. Boy, things are changing quickly. I mean, for those of us who are, try to be a traditionalist, it's yeah. tough times right now. We haven't heard anything from the NHIA on any of this stuff, have we? I don't think so. Yeah. But it says, it, says, it says they're considering, they're considering the move. Coach, uh, any quick comments on what Sam was talking no, about? No, it is a very interesting uh, can of worms that mm -hmm. has opened up. And uh, it will be very interesting to see if, in fact, uh, some high some businesses do use some high school people to promote their business. My two-minute drill is this: for people who are baseball fans, uh, October fifteenth, a day to circle on your calendar. The Red Sox, two of the World Series trophies, will be in Newburyport, which is just down the road. And it will be, they'll be there from, I believe it's from 11 to 1 at the Masonic Hall in Newburyport. And the best thing about this news is it's for free. You can go, you can have your picture taken with the trophy. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, 
it's something that I, I don't think you want to miss. If you've never seen them uh, or been in the room with them, it's something that they, they strive for. It's, yeah. So October 15th on a Saturday, I know the gates will be open early from 11 to 1. Those trophies should be there. Plug the radio show. It starts at 8. It starts at 8, and it, it will go till noon on a remote day. Otherwise, it goes till 2.30. And we are on Cool 94.1 FM, and you can get it. We are heard worldwide. Yes, the Internet. And yes. that's, that brings me to my two-minute drill. First off, I want to thank uh, Megan Young and Coach Kate Simmons for joining us today. And it's good to have you back in the studio, friend. Well, it was good being back with the gang. I'm Sherm Chester for the coach, <laughs> inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum.